from New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up Talk Radio is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they'd always dreamed of. Each week, Powered Up Talk Radio explores innovative ways to stay focused in a world that's experiencing dramatic changes. Find out who you are, discover your purpose, and challenge yourself to be all you can be, right here, right now. Here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda, and we've got a great show today. We're going to talk about being ourselves, and many of us in our younger years tried to be other people. I know I did. Maybe you guys didn't, but I really tried to be all the things everybody wanted me to be, probably from the time I was four years old, and it was only when my life fell apart and my I got divorced, all these things, that I kind of got tired, and I'm like, you know what? I guess I'll just have to show up and be myself. So um, that's what you get. And as I get more into my uh, midlife and later life, I find being myself is really a good thing. And I'm also a lot happier. It's a lot less work. Uh, Girls, what experience have you had? Kimberly Rinaldi. I'm a rebel. Um, I have dug my heels in for as long as I can remember. And everybody was playing with dolls and wanting to be moms. And I have a a fabulous um, article I wrote years ago about wanting to be the cheese. The cheese stands alone. Um, Four years old, I was in kindergarten. We were playing the farmer in the dell. And this adorable little boy came over and grabbed my hand. And I lost my nonsense and started screaming, I will be no one's wife. I will not lose myself. Can't I just be the chief? (laughs) Seriously, there was, you know, teacher intervention, parent intervention, therapist intervention. They were very concerned about me. But where I came from was I watched two very damaged individuals attempt to work through a marriage and be for the other one what they thought the other one wanted. And at four years old, things are very black and white. Marriage equaled losing yourself. Hello. We're going to go to uh, Linda Franklin. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe we got Ifrat Sofer from London. Ifrat, are you here? I'm here. Wonderful. So exciting. Okay. So what we're talking about. And that's how you solve the universe's problems. (laughs) There you go. We're talking about being yourself, Ifrat, and how, uh, like for me and not Kimberly's case, I tried to be everything everybody wanted me to be, failed epically and made a change. Kimberly, however, came out of the box being herself. Right, Kimberly? Absolutely. Unapologetically. Oh, goodness, you're so lucky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Ron, I'm curious for you, give us a little bit about your background, um, because you have a, a little different, unique thing than our typical American structure. Well, I, I, I traveled around a lot. I, I wasn't born in the States. I was born in Israel, and then I moved to the UK, and then to the States, and then back to the UK again. So... It meant that I had to be a lot of things to a lot of people, plus to be, you know, the expect what my um, family expected me to be and, and all that good stuff. Um, so it actually took it, it. It was a process to actually feel secure enough to be myself. So not that I was being fake, but it was to be um, what everyone expected me to be and to be understood in a certain way. Um, 
And so I think it took um, a real process to feel like myself and to be secure in that, to kind of to be my Hello. Oh, I think we lost. Uh, the there we go. Okay, you're back. Go ahead. Continue. So, um, and and then kind of I came to the realization that that people are going to criticize you no matter what. So you might as well be yourself. And so it's just kind of to own what um, who you are. And that is the most natural, the easiest, le least um, kind of energy draining way to be, really, if that makes sense. It does make sense. We're going to go to Linda Crater in Washington, D.C. You know, I loved when um, uh, Kimberly said that she was a rebel because I am not a rebel, though I do believe there's still time. So I'm saving that. But I also followed all the rules and expectations and the pathway laid out in front of me. And I wasn't resistant at all because it was a, a good pathway and it made sense. And that worked for a time. But it eventually fell apart because all of those steps that I had taken very sequentially and very intentionally were not taking into account my characteristics. Um, putting flesh on the bones. So if you have an outline, when I started to add in the parts that were me as I grew in my 20s and 30s and 40s, it started to fall apart. And I realized that parts of my life were being done for other people and not satisfying the needs of who I had become. And so that's when things changed. And I definitely became a different self that I think is a far more authentic one. And I think that's when life gets very good for women, when we grow into ourselves. And that may be your initial pathway, or like mine, I took a sidetrack. But it's a happier way of being for me. Linda Franklin, New York City. Well, I didn't have any rules to follow. I came to New York when I was 19, and I just kind of did my thing. Um, back then, I thought that the the only rule I had to follow was to find a guy and got married, get married. And um, I didn't. I found the guy, but I did not get married, and I didn't want to get married once I sort of fought it out. And um, that when you know this was the late seventies. That people just didn't do it then. Um, it's much more common now. But, you know, and people would say, well, why don't you get married? And they felt bad for me that, that, that he, my, my, my companion wasn't, wasn't, you know, wanting to get married. And, you know, bottom line is we lived together for over 20 years before we actually got married. And that was really fine with me. Um, I had made a decision that we weren't going to have children. And um, there was no real reason to. Um, we got married in 1988, and um, to be honest, I didn't see any difference of living together and, and being married at that point. And um, it's all worked out. But and then you know, and then I went to Wall Street and I ran a trading department. That you know, that wasn't what women did either. So I just kind of followed a path as it, as it opened up, and so far it's worked for me. Um, right now, um, I. I, I was always a planner, and, and 
now I've really withdrawn from being a planner to just letting the universe take care of whatever's going to come my way is going to be the perfect thing. And you know what? That is just, that's also a very, very wonderful feeling. So, um, <laughs> Linda Crater, Washington, D.C. Linda Franklin, I relate to that so well. I, I find that if I let life unfold instead of rushing it or trying to control it or trying to be in charge, I love the surrender that comes with realizing you're not in control of most things and you let life unfold. It seems to unfold in a pattern that fits the you that you want to be you start to attract those types of people and the unfolding of events leads to a happier pathway. And I, I find that it's just a wonderful way to, to look at things, but it took me a long time to get there. Efrat so for London, England. I couldn't agree with you more ladies. Um, and something that came to mind is that you could be on the very same pathway, but do the same thing in a in a very different way. So for example, when I, I'm a very different person and I do things very differently now at the end of my PhD than at the beginning. I was like I did things in a completely different way. And um and so it's it's amazing how you develop and again that letting the universe unfold and kind of surrendering control is almost it's a lot more powerful, I feel than trying to control all the elements that you have going on at the same time. And oddly, it's, it's a much more efficient way to function, which, um, yeah, totally, uh, I can totally relate to. Kimberly Rinaldi, Los Angeles. You know, and, and to sort of tag on to what Efrat and, and both the Lindas were saying, it, it's energy versus effort. <clears throat> to stand up and be for someone who you're not requires energy. To be who, or I'm sorry, effort. To be who you are is just an expression of energy. To attempt to keep the earth spinning on its axis, again, there's effort. To be in the flow, it's the expression of energy. And things do free up and life does get easier when you just simply take that step back and let go and really just trust that no matter what happens, the outcome for all of us is the same. So, you know, process or outcome driven. We're all going to die someday. Enjoy what you've got here. <laughs> Linda Franklin, New York City. Um, I, I agree with that. It's a hard lesson to learn, um, especially when you're on your, your own for a kid and you've got a, a big career going. Um, I know I, I kept pushing, 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 even when it didn't feel good. I, I was pushing. I had a plan. I was going to get it done. I, you know, I was Wonder Woman. I could do it all. And um, at the time, it didn't bother me. And people used to say, well, you're in Wall Street. You know, the stress must be killing you. <laughs> and, and, and it didn't. I mean, when I was in that mode, it felt good. But as soon as I got out of that mode and stopped the pushing, well, I, I can't say I stopped when I left Wall Street because I was still pushing, pushing, pushing for what I, I haven't got a clue. And now... When I lay back, it is just so nice not to have to push anymore. Just, just like we've been talking about, just let the flow of the universe kind of, you know, take you along, and you don't have to, you don't, you don't have to fight it anymore. You don't have to plan. It's going to work out, and whichever way it works out, it's going to be the best way for you. And thinking like that is just 
you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's like being in a candy store with all the candy. You know, you, it's just, it's fun. Well, and one of the things that crossed my mind when I look at this dynamic, powerful group of women, you know, we all had desires, desires to be something, do something, create something, earn something, you know, far beyond what a lot of like my peers growing up did. And I wonder if there's something innate in all of us, that pushing, that desire, that um, you know, that craving for something, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I crave to create new shows that elevate people, that educate people, that enlighten, support, validate, all those things. It's like, uh, it's as natural as breathing for me. And so when I, when we come back from the break, I want to talk to each one of you about your desires and how did they affect your view of yourself as a little girl into a successful one? We'll be back after the break. We're Dynamic Women Talk Radio, and we'll return after these short messages. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. A quandary that many people find themselves in is they want to lose excess body weight, but they also want to maintain valuable muscle mass. They don't want to spend a lot of time lifting weights and working out to increase their muscle mass, only to lose it when they lose weight. We know that women more than men typically lose muscle and strength as they age anyway, so it's even more important for women to keep valuable muscle mass. According to a recent study, adding more protein to your diet while keeping your calories down is the best way to lose weight and keep healthy muscle. To promote a better muscle-to-fat body composition, continue to work out with weights, keep your calories low, and up your protein. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. To hear other fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. Listen, something is brewing. The beautiful business evolution is coming. The way we do business is about to change for the better, forever. This is real business at its very best. On Beautiful Business Radio, you will learn what it means to truly prosper, how to nourish yourself and your business, how to earn what you deserve and make a difference in the world. The tide is rising. The change is here. Discover a new way to live, love, and partner with yourself and your business on Philippa Rollins presents Beautiful Business Radio, where you matter and your business thrives every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. And I'm here with Ifrat Sofer. We've got Kathy Crafty from East Texas joining us. We've got Kimberly Rinaldi, um, Linda Crater, Linda Franklin. We're spanning the globe today and we're talking about belief systems. And we want to uh, talk about what it was like when we were little and having this desire. Um, we come into this earth with 
desires, with with missions, with focus, and then we get lost along the way, and then we find our way back. At least that's what seemed to happen to me. So I'm going to go to Kathy Kraftke in East Texas first and ask her, was your drive always in you, and did it stay with you, or did you supplement it with trying to be the things you thought you needed to be and then come back? How did that work for you? Well, I'm just going to jump in and, and maybe, I don't know if this is handy or on topic, but for, for my, if you're talking about my personal search for a system of beliefs and spiritualities, I had always been a spiritual seeker. I always was interested in spiritual truth. So by the time I was 19, I had investigated, I actually made a list one time and it was over 30 different religions, but I'm such a practical person. Um, so when I, when I needed to in my heart, I knew it was time for me to just kind of grow up and make a decision. And being as practical as I was, I, I recognized that Christianity was perfect for me because the thing that I felt distinguished it was as a belief system is that in that case, the teaching is that God comes to us. And I, I had already tried to work my way into goodness and it just I wasn't very good at goodness. We're going to go to Linda Franklin in New York City. Well, you know, up until the age of 29, I had no push, no drive, no goals. I mean, I, I had little, you know, um, things that I wanted to do, but they weren't like something in my heart or something in my belly that I had to, you know, I had to make so much money or I had to, you know, do this or do that. Um, I just sort of went with the flow and be and I was pretty unhappy to be honest with you because I didn't know who I was or or what was important I, I felt like I was kind of in a fog and then at 29 um I <laughs> I went to have my astrology uh, chart read and it was interesting but on the way out the guy said I want you to take this book and he, he gave me a book I, I went home and I read it and it was like create Consciously Creating Circumstances was the name. And I, I went and I got into my bed. I read the book, and I read it all night, and it's like electric charge went through my body. And it was just the realization that I was a very powerful person, we all are, and that I can make anything happen that I wanted to, and that if I wanted to be happy, it was up to me because no one else was going to be able to do it for me. And that changed my life. That put me on another path. Kimberly Rinaldi, Los Angeles. You know, it's interesting because I, no one's ever asked me that question. And as I sit here and I think about it, I think the drive for me was learning, always learning, striving to do something different, bigger, better. And in that process, it has anchored and habituated the drive, if you will. But I am, I, I'm a voracious reader, and if I see something that sparks my interest, I want to learn it. I want to master it. I want to turn it upside down, shake it like a snow globe, figure it out, take it apart. I may hold on to it the rest of my life. I may set it down and walk away. And that's been from religion and spirituality. And I mean, even like Linda, astrology, I pick these things up and I turn it around, pick it apart. And it's something that keeps building me is how I look at it. Let's go to um, Linda Crater in Washington, D.C. I love all these different stories. I, I think I've 
had drive my entire life. I was always competitive. I wanted to achieve. Um, but I was really quite satisfied with the pathway that was in front of me for just simple things in life. And that was my goal until I reached the age of about 35, 36. And life unfolded um, with an opportunity. And at 37, I started my first company. And I had no idea that that would ever happen. At this point in my life, I'm a serial entrepreneur, started seven companies. And I found that, as Kimberly said, the lifelong learning, um, as you found passion in different things, your direction changed and grew, and so did I. And it made it very different um, when the parameters that were around you began to fall away. And as you change, life and those around you either change or adapt or don't, um, and choices need to be made. Some are uh, relatively obvious to make, and others are far more challenging and difficult. And life is ever-changing, and I, I think I love that about life. While sometimes women tend to make things complex out of the simple, I think we also look at things and we look at things with an abundance mindset because we know that if we can create whatever it may be in your life that is your passion, more will come to you and you can give to others. We're going to go to a front sofa in London, England. I find it really interesting that um, you ladies are kind of mentioning um, similar turning points in similar-ish ages. Um, I... I I, I think that the thing that drove, drives me most and it has been um, doing things that make you feel alive. Mm -hmm. And you can call that ambition or you can call that, but it's, it's kind of doing the things that, that give you that fire in the belly, that finding out um, more about things that you're interested in and that in turn attracting interesting people that you kind of make the most unlikely connections with which is kind of part of the magic I find, which makes you want to do that thing even more. And so, um, and go, going back to, um, I think what Linda was saying earlier, that um, you could have that same drive and do it, do it in two different ways. So you can push, push, push. You could have the drive to, I don't know, I used to have a thing for doing my degrees in like half the time that everybody else would do it. In. <laughs> and then, I reached my mid thirties and saw that that is just, it, it works for a time, but when you have kids, when you have, you know, a marriage, when you have other responsibilities, it just doesn't work like that. And so you can still do everything. You can still do it all to some extent at some stages, but it takes a different approach. It's, um, still following that drive absolutely you don't let that go but it's doing it in a in a much more open way let's go to kathy Kraftke in east texas i really love that idea of, of having two choices or two ways of pursuing the things that really matter to us our priorities and the things that make us feel alive and i think there there's a lot of truth to that idea that as we get older we're so much more trusting and content in the universe to let to let things unfold naturally the way they really need to I think for me that was part of what I had to learn about respecting other people's beliefs and other people's perspectives I, I just love that idea of 
letting the universe unfold very naturally and simply. I, I, I still work hard, but I'm not as anxious about getting that work done. I trust, I trust my sense of priority. Linda Franklin, New York City. You know, I think that we, you know, because of the society and, and the country that we live in, we've been so ingrained into the harder you work, the harder you work, the harder you work, the more you're going to get done, the more successful you're going to be. So come work 10 hours a week, a day, come work 14 hours a day, and it's going to pay off for you in spades. And, you know, it really doesn't. You know, they, they always go back to say, you know, on your tombstone, what are you going to say? I wish I had worked harder. Um, so it's just about kind of, you know, letting some of that go and being easier with yourself. Um, it, it's so funny that when you do, um, as Kathy was saying, the universe will take over and will bring things to you that you don't have to you don't have to sweat so much over. They will just come to you if you just, you know, kind of relax with it. Linda Crater, Washington, D.C. I agree with that, Linda. I, I think that sometimes we get signals that we know we're pushing against a resistance piece. And as you get older, it seems to me that you learn when to push against something and when you realize that no, 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 that's not the way I'm being directed to go. And that if I go in this direction, let's see if the doors open. And I find that they usually do do that. And so when you are pushing against and resisting and your energy is being drained, uh, that is not usually a time of creativity and growth. Um, and the less resistance you have to put up, you find that the doors open and there's a great abundance in front of you. And as you said, Linda Franklin, it, you get calmer in your skin and you know where it's okay um, to, to rest. I, th I think women have a hard time hitting the pause button. But once we learn to do that, I think we can listen to ourselves and be introspective and figure it out. I, I want to also express how much I love these discussions because I feel as though I'm back in college with some brilliant women who would be able to talk about topics and we didn't judge and we had great energy about our various passions and they were very diverse and it was wonderful. So I hope that those of you listening who find this interesting will go and look at our other shows and you can find them at dynamicwomentalkradio.com and also on iTunes and the podcast. And these dynamic women give energy. And we hope also that we are provoking conversations about things that you may have dreamed about or, or talked about sometime in your life, but maybe you've put aside. And I can only say from being with this group of women multiple times that they give an energy. And it is pure joy to keep talking uh, with women whose ideas and thoughts bring to mind things that I haven't thought about for decades. You know, I think it's really important that we set this groundwork because the whole intention of these shows are for us to use our opinions to start discussions. I know I learned so much from the ladies here on the show today, and I want to give you their names so you can look them up at uh, dynamicwomentalkradio.com to learn more about them. We've got Lisa Dietrich in Bend, Oregon. Linda Franklin in New York City, Linda Crater in Washington, D.C., Kathy Crafty, East Texas, Kimberly Rinaldi, Los Angeles, Efrat Sofer, London, England. I'm your host, Sandra Beck. We'll be back after the break.
return after these short messages. check under the bed for monsters when you were a kid? That's what one man from Zimbabwe should have done. When Guy Whittle retired for the evening at the Humani Lodge where he worked, he had no clue that an eight-foot crocodile was sleeping under his bed. He got out of bed to eat breakfast and heard one of the housekeepers scream. What's a word for the fear of reptiles? Herpetophobia. Mr. Whittle said that he had previously been sitting on the edge of the bed with his bare feet dangling just centimeters away from the 300-pound croc. Maybe crocodile noses aren't that sensitive after all. What's another word for smelly feet? Podhogramadrosis. To use a term from Shakespeare, these two were strange bedfellows. It's Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Dynamic Women Talk Radio, and we've got a party of seven today, it looks like. We are having such a great time, and I want you guys to imagine we're all sitting around the table, eating some great food, drinking some great drinks, and really talking about uh, women's issues as they relate to different topics. And some of the topics we've covered in earlier shows are power, belief systems, leadership, networking, excellence, balance, commonality, using our voice, all these things that we don't get to talk about, you know, um, uh, Linda Crater talked about like this is like being back in college where we can really discuss things and these are really important topics because we shouldn't be 40, 50, 60, 70 years old before we figure some of this stuff out so I love these wise women on the show with me today and we're talking about being ourselves and we're talking about how that has impacted our success over the years. Now, I'm going to go to, let's see, who should I go to in the chat? Who am I going to pick on today? I'm going to pick on, arbitrarily, I'm going to pick on uh, Lisa Dietrich. Lisa, when you were developing from a young girl to where you are today, what do you think was the most significant influence in your life in being yourself? I would definitely have to say my mom. She was a free spirit, if I ever knew one, um, and always encouraged me to um, follow my heart, to seek out, to flesh out my interests. If I wanted to try something, my parents were all behind me, and I would try it. And, you know, regardless of the outcome, I was able to experience that. And she always taught me that. I needed to get a good education because you never know what's going to happen in life. And she had the sad story from back in the farm years where, um, you know, a young girl thought she was going to marry into a wealthy family and, you know, married young, had three kids and then was widowed and kicked out of the family. So that always stuck with me to really work, work hard, but really follow my heart and go experience the things I wanted to experience. So definitely my mom. Linda Franklin, New York City. Well, I didn't have the uh, parental influence that a lot of these women had, so I was just sort of floating out there. And then when I was 19, I met my now husband, and um, he's the first one that ever said, you know what? He said, you're a diamond in the rough. 
He said, um, you, you've got so much going on in there, you, but the first thing you've got to do is, you know, get, get out of town. And he was the one that encouraged me to, to leave Toronto, and um, I ended up in Rochester for a while and then New York City. But he saw something in me that I did not see in myself, and so that was the beginning. He planted the seed um, that, sh- that you know, sort of propelled me to all of the different plateaus that, um, that I've gone through in my life. Kathy Kraftke, East Texas. Well, I just, I just love it that Linda Franklin shared that because, well, Sandra knows, I, I collect questions, and Linda, <laughs> Linda brought up the best co- uh, question in one of our other um, episodes. She said, how can you know someone who doesn't share their essence? And I, I just took a note of that. I thought it was such a great question. And then when Lisa Dietrich uh, mentioned her mom as her greatest influence, I couldn't help but think of this. Uh, one of the things that Sandra encouraged me to do was just send out a request to all my friends. What's your most significant question that you wish another woman would help you answer? And I was shocked at that group of dynamic, wonderful women in my region that I know personally, they're all movers and shakers around East Texas. So many of them had mom questions. Like one of the most poignant I, I saw on that list was where can I find someone to mom me? I don't even know what to say. That's such a heartfelt request. And I think so many of us feel that, especially those of us who didn't have good relationships with our mom, or in my case, you know, my mom and Lisa's mom have passed on. We all need mothering. We're going to go to Kimberly Rinaldi in Los Angeles. I was raised in circumstances with, you know, challenged parents, if you will. And my mom is 75 and we have a reasonable relationship that we can both come to the table with. She's not my mother. I know who she is as a human being and she's flawed. And I get that. I surrounded myself and I realized this young, my husband's 10 years older than I am. Most of my friends are 10, 20, 30 years older than I am. I found people who were successfully adulting and sat at their knee and heard their stories and listened and tried to, you know, glean their wisdom. And I started doing that really young. I think I was um, 12 and 14 when I started hanging out with entrepreneurs because they fascinated me. So this, again, this is something that just I innately, it wasn't a, a decision, a choice. It was just something that I had to do to build me. Wow, that is amazing. Okay, we're going to go to Ifrat Sofer in London, England. That was really, really fascinating. I'm kind of floored. Um, uh, what it what influenced me most? I think my parents were are kind of the driving force behind the academics, behind the ambition, behind the. I mean, I put plenty, plenty of pressure on myself as well. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes I'm my own worst critic. Um, but it, it's always been my, my parents who kind of drilled that work ethic into me in a great way. Um, but then I think it took also with that kind of the older generation, so my grandparents, um, where my, my grandfather exposed me to all these 
fascinating people who, oddly, I write about now. So they are still a part of my life, even though kind of all of these people are not around. And um, and influences in different ways. So someone could influence you in a professional capacity, and others could help you develop in a in a personal way and so kind of developing the more that more feminine side or that more you know ambitious also feminine side but ambitious the ambitious part um so it's um and also there have been i think older friends um who have lived a little longer and um and teachers actual teachers who who are aspirational who who have made that lovely combination between um, kind of personal life and professional life. Um, and so kind of it's, it's a real mix of kind of um, soaking in everything from all the good influences that we come across. I think, you know, we've all got influence from from different areas of our lives. And, you know, the today's topic is about being yourself. And one of the things I found is that I'm still myself at my core, but the women in my life have helped shape me and men too, you know, have really shaped me into who I am today. And so have the surprises in life. You know, I really didn't think I would be 40 something single living on a horse ranch, raising my kids and talking on the radio for a living like that really that really never went in my wheelhouse. The only wheelhouse thing that that was was that I knew I wanted kids and dogs. So that was a big surprise in my life. Divorce was a big surprise. Things that, you know, as little girls, we didn't um, we didn't get up in the morning with Ken and Barbie and go, OK, Ken's going off to his new wife now and Barbie's in her dream house trying to make her mortgage payments. That wasn't, you know, that wasn't in my 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 vision. And I'm just going to go around the table really quick to ask everybody how was your vision as a child different than your vision today? And probably some of the problem with my life was that I wanted to be a fighter pilot. I wanted to be a helicopter pilot then, you know, and I never wanted to be any of the girl stuff. Um, and when those things couldn't happen and I thought it'd be neat to be a mountain firefighter, you know, these things could not happen in my life because of my physicality. But so I really didn't have that focus that a lot of people have. So I'm going to go to Kimberly Rinaldi, childhood vision of yourself versus where are you today and what were the surprises? Oh, gosh. Single corporate executive, which I did, and swore I would never get married, which I think I started this conversation with. I have Mr. Rinaldi in my life 23 years to actually find someone, because I did not think it was possible, who was strong enough to stand behind me and say, go, do, be, but come home and share it with me. That was, and I'm choking up on it. That was just such a blessing to me. Oh, I love that. Go, do, be, and then come home to me. That is, that's amazing. Um, We're going to go to Lisa Dietrich next. I remember sitting with my friends and they were going, one of them said, oh, I'm going to be a nurse. And I'm thinking, no, don't want to do that. I'm going to be a teacher. Nope, don't want to do that. I'm going to be a secretary. Definitely don't want to be that. (laughs) And, um, And I was more of an entrepreneur. I was a kid out there with a lemonade stand. And that's still what I'm doing is business. But the funny thing about this is that 
you know, when I was growing up, there really weren't computers. I'm dating myself here. But the last thing I wanted to do was be stuck behind a desk typing on a typewriter. And turns out that's pretty much what I do now. I sit at a desk and type <laughs> on a computer. So it's all good. <laughs> Let's go to Linda Franklin in New York. Well, I'm unlike a lot of these women. As a child, unless I don't remember, I didn't have any dreams at all. I mean, I, I must have been just going through the motions of being alive because I don't remember having a dream, the wanting to be a nurse, a teacher, a secretary, going to, to college, anything like that. Um, I think I had I had to get out of, of that environment to start to have dreams. But as a kid, um, zippity doo dah. It brought so for London, England. Um, well, I want. I always wanted to be a diplomat or like Secretary of State or something like that. That was my childhood dream. Well, first I wanted to be a doctor and then I realized that studying chemistry was a bit challenging for me. So <laughs> being a diplomat has always been my dream. And then I, I figured out that that wasn't um, very kind of viable with a family moving your family around every three years or four years. Um, so I'm doing something in a very related field and hopefully I'll be able to do one day some of the things that I wanted to do earlier on. Um, but going back, Sandra, to the surprises that, that, uh, come into your life. Well, I moving to the States was a surprise at age 14. Um, and even though it was quite challenging at 14, it made me, it built me, it made me who I am today. Um, and it was best surprise it was a challenging surprise but it was a very good one because it made me build bridges in a very very um open and um just very cool way so that they, surprises can build you it's brilliant i love surprises i don't like them at the time and sometimes they can feel like giant ocean waves that keep bonking you over the head i know that's how i felt at different times in my life i want to thank our guest today when we come back from the break we're going to talk about the best advice the best piece of learning that we've learned walking this earth that we can share with each other i want to thank lisa dietrich bend oregon linda franklin new york city linda crater washington dc kathy Kraftke, east texas kimberly rinaldi los angeles and afrazo for london england when we come back from the break we're going to talk about our best practices our tips tricks and techniques that have helped make us dynamic women today check us out on dynamicwomentalkradio.com and we will be back after the break and thanks karina for being the best producer for today's show we're dynamic women talk radio and we'll return after these short messages According to state troopers, here's what not to do when you get pulled over. Don't be a lachrymist and start crying right away. It doesn't help. But if you're under 20, crying won't be held against you. Don't ask for a break and don't yell or start any argy-bargy. And one trooper said, if they're going to flirt with me to get out of a ticket, it would probably insult my intelligence. But unfortunately, I don't get hit on all that often. So flirting or being a gill flirt won't work. 
Did you know that 15% of all drivers get 76% of all traffic tickets? And the odds of winning if you challenge a traffic ticket in court are 1 in 3. So what should you do when you get pulled over for speeding? Be courteous to the officer and most of all, be honest. Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with these dynamic women, and it is Dynamic Women Talk Radio, where we use our opinions to start discussions, lend greater understanding, validate comfort, support, and encourage each other. I am your host, Sandra Beck, and I'm going to go over to, we're going to go to Linda Crater in Washington and ask her how surprises in her life have helped shape who she is today. Linda Crater. Thank you, Sandra. Um, I'm going to combine that question with the one about the significant person in your life. I lost my mother in my 20s to ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, and it left a heart-shaped hole. It wasn't just the loss of my mother. It was then the loss of um, parts of my father, because I think people are couples, and I grew up in a, a wonderfully Mayberry childhood. I have to say that I was so blessed in that way. I grew up in a traditional household with Depression-era parents, which meant we were frugal, but we were happy, we were contented, and I wanted to be a doctor. That's what I wanted to be, and I went off to college and took all the pre-med, and then I met the man who would become my husband, and we our paths changed in that we were transferred overseas at a time that I had just applied to school, and we knew that we'd always said if we got the opportunity to live abroad that we would do that. So I put that aside and when we returned, it was too late in my opinion with my children to go down that path and that was okay. But I will say for a large part of my life, and that's one of the reasons, I felt that surprises were for four-year-olds. I was not usually very happy with surprises, especially at work. And I would tell people, you know, I, I don't care for surprises. Tell me the good news, but tell me the bad news faster. So my goal and, and where I wanted to, to be and what I, I think um, would be the tidbit that I would give is that I, I always, you can always see the little boy in a man. It's not hard for people to figure out. You take a look at a grown man and you can see what he was as a young boy. It is harder to see the little girl inside the woman. But the people I end up loving the most and having the closest relationship to see the simple girl that was there at one time and all that energy and zeal and vitality that was there that's still there now. It's just tempered a little bit by life and refined. And I love to keep the the small person inside the belt all throughout my life. We're going to go to Kathy Crafty, East Texas. Well, one bad thing about following Linda Crater is she gives me so much to think about that I get distracted. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I wrote down heart-shaped hole in my heart. I love that. No, it's true. Too. And also that just that idea that as women, sometimes we lose track of that little girl that is joyfully wanting to wear her tutu mm-hmm. and dance in the aisle at the grocery store and, you know, just be a child. And I guess that's one of the things I'm really looking forward to about heaven is 
being restored in all my wisdom and whatever's left there, uh, glory, but still having that little person that was the original creator creation, you know, the, the little girl in her tutu. But as far as my own dreams went, I always wanted to be a mother. And so for me, at about 19 or 20, I had that crisis pregnant. Well, no pregnancy should be called a crisis, but I felt that it was crisis and then followed that with an abortion. So for me, that was a major turning point. I, I think I went from being someone who was entitled and had grown up in a really lovely home. With, with I mean, it, it had its dysfunctional things, of course, but I can't really complain about the childhood my parents gave us. I think they really did try to give us such a sweet childhood. But I got myself into some a situation I regretted and and tried to fix as best I could. And I think that was a big surprise for me in life. I just didn't realize bad things could happen. Like like not that that was bad, but just the unexpectedness and the consequence of the decisions I made. Uh that was really that was a life-changing moment for me. So from then on, I think I wanted to really move carefully through life with a lot of judicious thought, not, not to protect myself, but to protect other people. I, I just didn't want to, I didn't want to be a person who let my own selfishness produce tragedy in other people's lives. I, I think I'm being a little, it sounds a little, um, I guess I'm just trying to be vulnerable here and not pretentious. So please forgive me if it comes out pretentiously. That's not how I mean it for sure. No, not at all. I mean, I think we all, these surprises leave us with these lasting imprints, these lasting lessons that we carry through life that that shape us and shape who we are. I'm going to switch a little bit over to our best advice. You know, Kathy just gave such an eloquent, beautiful um, soliloquy about, you know, choices and consequences and how that shaped her going forward. I'm going to go to Linda Franklin in New York City to talk about, you know, her best piece of advice from the surprises in her life. I think the best uh, piece of advice I can give to women is to embrace your uniqueness. Uh, don't try to be like everybody else. Um, you know, embrace what what your gifts, what what you came into this world with. And, and it's really, really difficult, especially for young women now, because they're so inundated with you've got to look like this, you've got to wear your hair like this, you've got to do this, and you've got to follow Kim Kardashian, and you've got to, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to. Um, and that doesn't get you anywhere. So just look deep into yourself, see the gifts that you have, embrace them, and then, you know, go knock them dead. That is awesome. All right, we're going to go from Linda Franklin. Let's go to Linda Crater, Washington, D.C. I, I think that surprises uh, can turn out to be good or bad in your life, and it, you learn to take them better. I think one of the most um, wonderful things that I have learned is that you can maintain your sense of wonder if you simply leave yourself open to the fact that life brings you th surprises good and bad and having a sense of wonder is is hard to do in today's world but if you can that somewhat naivete really brings out the fact that the world is an amazing place and if you look for the good things in life you will find them and so a uh, heart of gratitude uh, 
definitely. And to just always really give yourself a try because you matter. Kathy Kraftke, East Texas. Thank you for letting me come back with something a little lighter after that last <laughs> moment of uh, tender truth there. But uh, my mother is such a genius and I, I, I've always hoped that someday I'd be as smart as she was. And I'm that's one other surprise. I'm not as wise as I thought I would be at this age. But she did give me some great advice that I, I use it as a family motto because we think it's so funny. It, what she said was, we taught our children to think for themselves. And then we were surprised when they did not agree with us. Right. <laughs> That's hilarious. But it's so true. We do want to teach our children to, to think for themselves. And we want them to be able to be grown-ups and leave us. And then we're sad when they do. I guess that's human nature. Uh, we're going to go over to Lisa Dietrich, Bend, Oregon. One of the things that I've learned from going through some difficult times and struggles in life is that while I'm going through them, they may seem like they're bad, but if I can learn something positive, take something positive away, if I can help somebody maybe not make that same mistake in their life, then it wasn't necessarily all bad. So my advice is learn from every experience you go through. And try to learn good things from it. Don't just walk away saying, well, I'll never do that again. Um, maybe it's <laughs> the way you did it or, you know, the, the spirit or who you did it with. Um, just learn. Never stop learning. Amen. Love that. Amen to that one. Ifratso for London, England. Oh, I think we lost Ifrat. While we try to get Ifrat back on, we're going to go to Kimberly Rinaldi, Los Angeles. Develop a personal mission statement and evaluate it every year. Businesses do this. And I think if we did it on a more regular basis, we would have the values very clear and at hand that sort of outline the path for what our next plans are going to be. Good. That is really good. Um, one of the things that I would love to share um, with people like my best piece of advice, and I didn't take this in my younger years, but I'm I'm taking it in my older years, is to listen, to listen first and then talk and really listen. Don't be formulating what you want to say while the other Hi. person is talking. Oh, we've got a front back. A front I'll get to you for a, in a minute. Um when we listen to people, we can choose to take in the good of what they have to say and discard either the bad or what we don't need. And I've learned the value of listening and then really listening and then speaking, because I think there's so many wise women, there's so many angels, there's so many sages and mentors and, you know, the information is out there for what we need. We just have to shut up and listen to it. And that was really hard for me to shut up and listen. But I've, I think I've learned how to shut up and listen. Let's go to Efrat Sofer in London, England. Um, just to follow on from that, the value of listening. And I think in that way, Sandra, I would like to um, thank you for teaching me that. I'm a great listener, but choosing what to take on and what not to has been very valuable. So thank you for that, Sandra. Um, I, and um, to continue doing what gives you that fire in the belly, because that's what gives you the strength to deal with surprises and to deal with um, if things aren't going your way. It enables you to keep learning. And um, something that resonated in what Linda said, wear the tutu. 
I have I regretted, <laughs> and it's quite flippant, but I regretted not wearing tutus more when I was a little girl. Mm-hmm. So I do so now in a much more chic way with a blazer. But um, find that joy in the everyday because there is so much um, joy to be had with with a tutu and a blazer, talking about very serious things. <laughs> well, I like a tutu, a blazer, and a PhD in what's <laughs> In international relations, I I could you know we can talk, you know rearranging the world in a tutu. It's 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 all doable. <laughs> Amen. Oh, you guys, you guys are so much fun. Um, you know, I I just want to honor all of you. I want to honor Lisa Dietrich. Um, oh wait, Kathy Krafke, did you have something quick to add? Oh no, I, I'm just well. I'm just. I was gonna. I was gonna type y'all a quiet message and say today I'm going out to get myself a grown-up tutu. <laughs> That's it. We all deserve a tutu, and I will tell you, every girl deserves a crown. If you don't have a crown, I have a crown in my office that I earned like when I was 19, and I still put it on my head because I like to feel beautiful in technology. I want to thank Lisa Dietrich in Bend, Oregon, today. Kimberly Rinaldi has a tiara. Anybody else have a tiara? Um, Linda Franklin, Washington, D.C. Kathy Krafke, East Texas. Linda Crater, uh, Washington, D.C. I'm sorry, Linda Franklin, New York City. Uh, Kimberly Rinaldi, Los Angeles. Ifrat Sofer, London, England. We have such a wonderful, beautiful, amazing, powerful, dynamic group of women. I can't imagine why you wouldn't want to tune in and listen every week. I'm the host, Sandra Beck, and Linda Crater is my co-host. And I will tell you, I have probably learned more. I'm like that teacher in school that says she learns more from her students. I learn more from my guests than just about anyone. I thank you all for your time today. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up Talk Radio is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they'd always dreamed of. Each week, Powered Up Talk Radio explores innovative ways to stay focused in a world that's experiencing dramatic changes. Find out who you are, discover your purpose, and challenge yourself to be all you can be. 